right, it's Baby Friday on the Fan Morning Show. Justin and Ailish, pretty quiet night last night. Yeah, I got to got to bed early. I'm fighting a little sickness here, so I was like, you know, rest up. No worries, won't miss anything. Yeah, nothing happened. That second half of the Raptors Spurs, not really important or anything. No players on the Spurs that I was really excited about. No reason to scout? No? Not a single player that I thought, hey, maybe they'll be a part of this team. I'll just... Why would you want to trade with the San Antonio Spurs? They got nothing. 14 win Spurs? They, they have, have assets? No centers that are good. <laughs> not, no, clearly not. No one that used to play for the team. Nothing going on in the NBA. Besties with Siakam. I don't think there's anyone he knows really well over there. Squad gets a big win. Simple night. Rest your head on the pillow. And then all hell breaks loose. Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. It happened, folks. The Raptors with the first trade of trade deadline day. Oh, is that based on timeline? That that works out that way? Based Was on it the clock. Is it official? And I don't think anything's official. It's like got to go through the office and stuff. They're, they only do a nine to five over there. <laughs> yeah. Got to wait for 9 a.m. Wait till the J.D. Bunkers podcast, and then we'll release everything officially, okay? Right, right, right. But in the wee hours of the night here on the East Coast, if you're just rubbing the sleep out of your eyes... Kevin Durant was traded. Well, hold on, hold on. We were talking but about the Raptors. The lead, though, Jakob Pertl is a Raptor once again. Yeah. Buddy Jakob Pertl, who yeah. was just on Scotiabank Arena's court, takes off his shorts and his <laughs> penny. Yeah. And they say, whoa, whoa, don't go cool down and get on the bus. Maybe just sit there on the bike for a little longer. Traded in some Spurs shorts for his old Raptor shorts. <laughs> He just walks down the hallway to the home team locker room, and he's a Raptor. I hope there was a camera on him because I think we do need that, right? Uh, yeah, we need the behind the scenes. Like what? How long until after the game? It was probably still if it, if it was today, if it was twelve, it was at least a couple hours. There's a chance he boarded the plane. There's no made way. Made his way to the airport. There's if still, he boarded he's the plane, that is so scummy. Probably not. I mean, I, I guess they knew, and I think we knew. Watching as much as we joke, we kind of knew in that first half, and. Yeah, I guess that's what was the interesting part of the night. Was... Twelve fifty-one a.m. was the official Woj bomb. Okay, so maybe there's a chance he made no it back way. to Pearson. There's a chance. You don't think they said, "Hey, buddy, uh, we can't find well, you're not, your." You're not holding up the whole Spurs plane, are they? We'll, and then if we'll the side's just yourself. like, "Nah, I'm not comfortable," and then they got to go back for, they got to wait around. We we have to know what happened last night. Yeah. Someone let us know. Hey, uh, whoever works at Scotiabank Arena, you know, cleaning crew or Pearson. Oh, yeah. Anything. Let us know what happened with Jakob Pertl. But we know that he is going to be a Toronto Raptor once again in exchange for Kem Birch. It's been nice knowing you. Birch era over. A protected 2024 first-round pick and two future second-round picks. That's the haul for Jakob Pertl, who looked pretty uninspiring last night. A tough night to have a turd of a game but everyone's <laughs> watching you from your well okay future so, team. We, so we get some news that yeah they're circling around purtle we've heard purtle for a while now former raptor I mean, he wasn't Friends terrible but still. he wasn't great and <laughs> it, it was like the raptors made a point to go after him to attack him defensively and you're like oh maybe let him shine tonight. that's our new center is the guy that they're trying on the worst team in the league the 14 win san antonio spurs the one that's being exposed on the floor is the one that we are acquiring. That feels really good. All right. It's tough. But, uh, yeah, it goes for, what, 4 for 11 shooting, 12 points. Yeah, look, solid 4 Seven for 4 for the rebounds, line. though. That's his 
That's his money in the bank. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe it's good that he's not like, you know, breaking out into superstar status yet. No, no. Because we got to pay him this summer. So we'll see what happens there. I think we should probably at least let people know where Kevin Durant went yes. and what for before we break down the Pirtle deal, though. Well, you you stopped me in my tracks with the KD news. Got to get the Pirtle. Well, I just let's lay out the information. Okay. Three, four in the morning. The big bomb happens. Kevin Durant headed to the Phoenix Suns in a blockbuster trade to acquire Mikal Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, four first round picks. Yeah. A pick swap in 2028. And those first round picks are unprotected picks in 2023, 2025, 2027, and 2029. Katie. To Phoenix. Wow. And we got, excuse me, immediate title contenders, right? Like Phoenix going over there. The Western Conference is interesting and talented and loaded and there's, it's rife with parody, but this is Kevin Durant joining another super team. Is it not? Sure. Kevin Durant. That's all Kevin Durant does, by the way, (laughs) is, is try to conform and construct and play for super teams, whether he wants to be there or not. But from Golden State to Brooklyn Mm -hmm. and now to Phoenix, he goes there without them trading Aiden or moving on from Devin Booker, he goes there to join basically the framework of the team that went to the NBA Finals a couple years ago. And now he steps into a role where immediately Phoenix could be looked at as the best team in the Western Conference. Yep, definitely. With with Paul, Aiton, Kevin Durant, and Devin Booker, they have as talented and as impressive as a starting lineup, maybe league-wide, probably league-wide, I don't know if the depth can match the other, the you know, the rest of the teams of the Western Conference. Maybe there's a move for Golden State. Maybe there's a move for another team out there in the West. But right now, the Phoenix Suns are loaded, and they should be. And I think it's a win-win for both teams because Phoenix has every reason to try and win now with what Chris Paul has left. Uh, and if you're giving up all those assets, which they did to get Kevin Durant, Brooklyn has avoided what, what it's been a disaster. For years now, ben it's been Simmons, a complete buddy? tire fire. Is this ben like, Simmons what? Is, what is going on with my He's life? got nothing around him, but Brooklyn identified that this was not going to work. Mm-hmm. Give them credit. Went out there and got as many futures assets as you could possibly imagine. And now they are not only set up for the future, they got some decent pieces now. With Finney Smith, Mikhail Bridges. I don't know if you want to include Spencer Dinwiddie in that. But they can compete oh, now. And they have fine. tons of draft and futures capital to use themselves and to play with as they look to retool. So as long as they play their cards right, Brooklyn kind of salvaged this entire thing, I think. Yeah, especially being put with their back up against the wall on, was it Saturday, when Kyrie says, I want out in it's good thing they have 24 that conversation. hours. Good thing they had that conversation. The next day he's gone, and the trickle effect happens quite rapidly. And we discussed this Monday when we came on the air after seeing Kyrie shipped off to the West Coast as well, who played last night and had his uh, debut, which was kind of upstaged by KD afterwards Mm -hmm. on the podium where he's like, oh, uh, I'm talking about me and my new era here. And everyone's like, by the way, KD got traded. (laughs) Oh, okay. I did play well last night. Um, So all this happens. Monday we come here and we talk about, okay, which direction are the Nets going to go? I actually thought before last night we were talking about what what teams are going to be most interesting today. The Nets were part of it because I didn't know which direction they'd go and if KD was going to get punted to the offseason. We talked about this when we were trying to determine which direction we wanted the Raptors to go was, well, if the Nets 
decide to hold on to KD, does that make the market a little bit less excited to go after a big name because they might hold on to look at what they can get this offseason? Right. Now the Nets send the best wing scorer in the NBA to the West Coast. And hello, OG and some of the Raptors pieces, I think even look more valuable right now because he's gone. There's a lot of contenders now that are looking to capitalize on more shuffling in the standings. Yeah, but then we have to consider the Raptors' direction. Like, so that's, they, that's the second part of this. They have just added a What's player. What's going on here again? Despite being, you know, oh, they're in the play now, 10th in the, in the Eastern Conference at, at current moment. Um, I kind of worry about Brooklyn's influence, you know, kind of spoiling what the Raptors were trying to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so the Kyrie Irving things ha- happen. Does it change the reality for Fred? I'm not, I'm not really sure. It, we we convinced ourselves that maybe he was a little bit more attractive because now Kyrie's out of the picture in 24 sure, hours. Sure, But uh, it was still a bit far-fetched. I, 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 Fred versus Kyrie. Either way, I'm not sure how it affected but Phoenix using all of its assets on KD means that they didn't they can't use those assets on anything on the Raptors uh roster namely OG Ananobi especially if KD, KD just went for four first round picks and Masai wants three for OG is that what he wants uh, that's what they wanted the Donovan Mitchell package for well why months. why I'd be totally into making this deal is that it um, the draft picks almost lose meaning right like it's like no just have everything have everything so we can have Kevin Durant. That's how that's how it really went down. Like they gave them everything they possibly could to finally get this deal done. That's what KD wanted, and still it didn't even help them preserve assets. It's all in, in for a penny, and for a pound. Phoenix all in, and they should be. It makes all the sense in the world for them. So I don't know exactly how the KD move affects OG's value. Well, I but think I that also, everybody's going to want up on the West is going to want to upgrade their like. I don't know. Defense. I think we're assuming that. Really. KD just got moved to the West Coast. I think that's the hopeful Raptors look. Oh, sure. I'm, that's me today. I'm the hopeful Raptor. And the, the other part of it, thinking about Brooklyn, is is Mikhail Bridges better than OG? I would tend to think so. I think he's a more talented scorer. He's a guy who's been thought of as one of the best defensive players in the league. What if Brooklyn decides they want to cash in that chip, too? Then all of a sudden, the OG market becomes a little bit less appealing, right? If Mikhail Bridges is out there, Brooklyn has just basically cut the Raptors' lawn here, <laughs> got in front of everything, made the moves that I guess there's some reluctance to do if you're Toronto, and kind of took away all the shine or potential shine for the Raptors. Now, I don't think Bridges will be moved. That's a great piece. They should hold on to the, him and build around but, him. And, and he fits with Brooklyn's but timeline. Brooklyn, no, the, I don't think he does. Brooklyn's timeline is five years from now if we're talking he's about 26 how, years all old. these picks. He just had the best. Yeah, but they have nothing. They have a decent Well, they roster. have Cam Thomas, Nick Claxton, Cam Johnson. Cam, it's, it's decent. Cam Thomas right now is the hottest player in the he NBA. Is, Can is, we get like, him? You don't expect anything from Brooklyn in the next couple of years. Unless they use all that draft capital mm-hmm. to that's try the to thing, add. Is they, that's still something that they could play with today. So maybe you turn, is it Fred and OG going there for all that draft capital? I don't know. I don't know what Brooklyn's planning, but I think if they're smart, they understand that these Phoenix picks with Chris Paul reaching the end, Kevin Durant reaching the end, they could be immensely, immensely valuable in the future. So why would you push for the present if you're Brooklyn, especially when you've just wave the right flag on the Kyrie, mm-hmm. Kevin Durant era. So I'm not really sure how all this, how everything Brooklyn has done has affected the Raptors, but I'm not sure and I'm not convinced that it's been all that positive. I just think that there's going to be some highly motivated teams in the West Coast I hope today. So. 
I, uh, I hope that, but what I hope more is that Masai Ujiri is highly motivated to make a deal because the only thing he's done, and we should get to Pearl now, is add players in this season, which has been dreadful, woeful, has not met expectations whatsoever, and he's not subtracted. He's gone ahead and added. So adding Jakob Pertl last night isn't, for me, the type of move you do before you hit like the reset button on your season, right? It's it's a strange direction to go, and it's lo- lowish risk, right? Like you're not. It, it wasn't well, a stunning. First round, they sent a first yeah, round pick it's out. Not a it's stunning lottery move protected. because also he's been rumored to be with the Raptors last month. Like you know, he's a pending free agent, so it's not he could have been a Raptor anyway at a at a later date. It's. You it's interesting, and, that, and Danielle brought up a good point, too, is like this is kind of a move where maybe you're looking to add to your roster now. Well, they have with Jakob Pertl. No, I mean, but like today. Even beyond that. So how do you add to this roster now? Or maybe you're adding extra picks today, or maybe you're doing something a little different, but it's not the move you make if you're going to fire sales. Is that how you see it as well? To me, it signals two things. It, it signals that they're not intending to be bad next season, right? You don't put a 2024 first-round pick on the table if you're intending to That's be bad. Right. I understand it's lottery protected, but you don't want to just give them the you know the 13th overall pick for Jakob Pertl. Like that would if, be disappointing. If you're in the middle ground, I don't think they're intending to be in the middle ground. So I don't think it signal definitely doesn't signal scorched earth. It doesn't mean that they're going to actively try to be bad and retool, that all these assets will be out the window and we'll be looking at a full rebuild next season and trying to build it back up. I feel like it it signals that. But more importantly, I think you can surmise now that only OG, he's really the only trade candidate they have left. Why would you trade Fred Van Fleet or Gary Trent Jr. now after you've added Jakob Pertl? You have solved one issue, a, a, a legitimate big, a rim protector, a guy who slots in naturally at the five because you haven't had that for years. Mm-hmm to just create a different hole at the one or at the two. Like if you're, if you're bringing in Jakob Pertl and trading out one of those two, you've essentially just shuffled the jet, the deck chairs on the Titanic and have <laughs> created a new problem for yourself. And probably a problem that is greater than the problem you had that existed, existed before, because guess what? Jakob Pertl is not a difference maker in my eyes. He's not comparable to a Fred from position to position. Of course. And I don't even think he's comparable to a Gary Trent Jr. positionally. So it almost is like we're just going to try to plug every hole here as best as we can and try to make it work. Now, the OG thing is the wild card. If OG brings back pieces that could help you right now, draft capital, whatever, then we can reevaluate this entire thing, this entire thought process fully. But right now, it seems like you add Pirtle, you scratch off, many of your trade chips before the deadline. Okay, so OG, and I agree with you, OG still and has been the hot ticket item for the Toronto Raptors. Woj last night in the wee hours of the evening tweeted, Toronto's talks on forward OG are rolling into the final hours of the trade deadline. The landing of Kevin Durant with the Suns could escalate OG's value among West Con- Western Conference teams pursuing an elite forward to defend Durant. So now, that, and that's what I meant by this KD move, mm-hmm. actually finding a way to benefit the Toronto I Raptors hope, I hope so. if they are able to and wanting to cash that chip. Um, OG has been, I think, 
over the last week, we felt more and more confident that he's going to be the guy that moves. Even though Fred was, for me, and I, we talked about this yesterday, most confident that Fred would move. But with this move last night, KD going to the West Coast, the way it opens up, a lot of West Western Conference teams need to make a push. Certainly changes that for me. One thing I want to mention on what the Raptors' pulse is now. They have somewhat of an easy stretch here, too. And this has always been a question that I looked at when we, we talked about, okay, they're going on this long West Coast trip. They're going to come home for one game before the trade deadline. But if you look ahead, they got the Jazz, the Pistons, the Magic, the Pelicans, and the Pistons. That's their next five games, Cavs, Bulls, Wizards. It's not... It's not a terribly hard schedule. They can win They're conceivably. Get the They're getting the play in. And this is the thing. They can now, if they can find some production and some wins out of those next five, four for five, the Eastern Conference is, <laughs> is easy to take oh, some steps man. forward, Justin. Now we're in this boat of, oh, my God, are they looking ahead at this? And I'm not saying to do this. I've never said to do this. But conceivably, if you're looking at the Raptors next two weeks – and you're not selling yet today. Are you thinking, well, maybe we add a couple little pieces, a yak, a purtle, whatever, and we make a run for this thing? If that's the th- thought process, how much faith have you lost in the Raptors management team? About 80% of it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Of course. It would be so disappointing. It would be, if that's the direction we go and we see this, I don't even know how you, how you stomach playing for what? If you don't capitalize on OG right now at this trade deadline and do something with some magnitude and you just ride it out and you have two, that also signals to me that Gary Trent and Fred somehow you've gotten some, some under the table conclusion. You're not going to lose them. You're going to pay both of them. There's no chance. I don't know. Today, ugh, I don't, I, I came in this morning feeling even more confused. <laughs> Keeping OG and Nobi now is the worst case scenario, right? No. Yeah. Keeping him yeah. is the worst case scenario because that means you're you're trying to convince yourself you're good this year. What what else would that that signal? he can still well this year no there's no way that they yeah. think that this year they're going to do something. Well then why would you keep OG? Because you trade him in this, the summer. Th- that's but his it. value is this: you can help us now. You get no, two. I know. This is you the time to do it. There's no doubt OG about it. If they keep him, they're telling themselves or trying to tell themselves that they could be good this year. What's what is the or you're right. or they're so scared to make the wrong move. And I feel like that's something that's happening here with the Raptors. I feel like they're gun shy. I really, really do. They don't, they're not. Yeah, I understand the NBA. Like it's it, probably in the NBA to be cautious is probably a good thing. Look where it's gotten the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Like, and they've made their one move. They have struck while the iron was temporarily hot in one single moment in time. However, I think they are maybe too far in that cautious direction. Like, they, are they waiting for something perfect? Did they wait for something perfect with Kyle Lowry a couple years ago? When they had the chance to take, to remove assets and really expedite a rebuild, they did very, very little trading only Norman Powell. I feel like they have a problem pulling the trigger. I feel like you're tiptoeing in the right direction, but you, I don't think you can say that until tomorrow morning. Because if, look at what's happened in the last... I guess is my concern. Look at what's happened in the last 48 hours. OG's value has actually gotten increasingly higher has it not i know woge said that but i'm not convinced i i believe it how many how many teams actually want to do what phoenix did well i yesterday we i don't t- know yesterday I don't we talked about Pelican, how close I don't the think west the Pelicans is are going to do it 
I don't care. The Pelicans have fallen down to what seventh in the West. I don't think they look how they're tight good the anymore. West is though. There's teams on the West Coast that don't want to get, throw in the towel, right? Look what the Lakers yesterday got rid of Russell Westbrook. Let Russ cook somewhere else once again. Like there's teams that are not willing to f- throw in the flag this year, right? You also have to perform some mental gymnastics to believe to yourself or to convince yourself that OG Ananobi is the KD stopper. You have to. Mm-hmm. Like I know we inflate his value. I know he was talked about as one of the best defensive players in the in the NBA for this entire season. I don't think he's going to hurt. I don't think he's going to hurt, but he could kill your team if OG goes. And that's the other thing with OG. This guy wants to be something he's not. That's what we at least are led to believe. He wants to be more of an option offensively when in reality, he is a three and D through and through guy. And when he dribbles the ball, when he drives, when he handles the ball, it's an issue constantly. He's not a different player. He's not the player I think he thinks he is. And who's to say he's going to fit in precisely with that team. I, I don't, I, I would be surprised. And we've been talking Donovan Mitchell. I, I, I would be surprised if they got back half of the Donovan Mitchell package. Okay, three things on this. You're arguing that keeping OG is the worst case scenario. Then you're also, I just sa- think we're inflating well, but, but, his value. But, but, I think we're inflating his value. You said keeping OG is the worst case scenario. Also adding OG. If you're a team on the West, isn't really going to do much. It might just, kill I'm your not, team. I'm and then also convinced. OG isn't worth the Donovan Mitchell package, but Two days ago, we did fake trades, and you put up well because that's the what people were Mitchell, saying. Mitchell and I, that's the only framework. And so how do we? But how do we evaluate OG? I'm maybe this how is. How do like, you evaluate OG? I think it's someone who doesn't have is a little delusional over what he is as a player. Is that not true? Who's <laughs> who? We've heard whispers of being unhappy forever. Sure. Who can surely help a team? However, I think the Raptors fan base and the people that are around the Raptors all oh, the we time certainly have, have inflated his value inflated him. to a degree in which it's going to let us down when the return does come back. Like he's not going to be the guy that lets Masai Ujiri press reset. I just don't believe that anymore. Hmm. Even if the idea that Kevin Durant is out there and is going to terrorize teams on the wing, I just don't, I just can't see it happening. However, not trading him and not cashing in the chip, even whatever it's worth would be a massive, massive issue because what are you accomplishing as a team this year for the Toronto Raptors? You added in a season in which you have been consistently below 500. Okay, but they they added one guy and there's still hours left. They added a piece that's going to stay here for a while. Jakob Pertl? Yeah. He'd be a free agent they this offseason. So why would you add him then? They, they added him to just, keep him. Just to keep us on our toes, they Justin. To just to him. confuse they us all him, night long. They added him to pair with Scotty Barnes sure. and Precious and, that's not the worst thing. and Pascal Siakam and probably Fred and probably Gary. There's the six. Now, are you, are you going to be able to trade OG Ananobi? Are you going to be able to get something back in return? Is it going to help you now? Is it going to help you in the future? Have we told ourselves and convinced ourselves that he's worth way more than he actually is? I think these things... Are considerations and that are multiple things can be true. Pondering, I think we have collectively seen OG through the last couple of years and come to love what he can bring to this team. Yes, there's the flip side of it. That sometimes maybe he overevaluates himself or wants to be something he's not. Um, name an NBA player that doesn't, you know, want to boost their own ego and Jakob Pertl. <laughs> Jakob Pertl <laughs> versus OG, very similar players. I think that multiple things can be true. I still think that it's way too early to say that the Raptors have botched this, but it is 
headed in a direction which makes today even more confusing than ever. And two days ago, everything was running through the Raptors. It doesn't really seem that way no, right now. it ran right? through the Nets. It ran and through that's one of the points. elsewhere. That's kind of the point I was making. It was like, okay, this is the Raptors deadline. And then all of a sudden, Kyrie Irving wanted out. And then Brooklyn came to its senses over Kevin Durant. And now they still have trade chips like Dinwiddie, maybe Mikael Bridges. All of a sudden, everything is running through Brooklyn. And where has that left the Raptors? Has it signaled to them, hey, why don't we just uh, hold on to what we have here? Because nothing is going through us like we thought. Pause this thought. Bring it to me tomorrow, if that's the case. Okay. Because, I mean, today can be extremely disappointing. There's no doubt about it. Okay, but so what would what would be disappointing for you? Everything that we just laid out. If you don't make... I really do think OG can be a really great return for you still. I think his trade value in the last two days has escalated, and I agree with you that moving him right now would be the ideal thing. I don't think if they don't move him, it's the worst-case scenario. I know that you like that. I still think that this offseason can be very profitable, but I am completely in agreement that right now he is. this is the highest point of OG's trade value. Is today, after all these other moves have been made and teams are looking to add one of the best defensive players in the league. Really hope so. You, would, you need a team to feel the same way as you do. I do agree that it's a bit funky now with what you do with Fred and Gary because you've decided to add one guy and you don't look like you're doing the scorched earth genre another, another of Another day. part of this is that you're already working at a deficit. You've already traded a first-round pick. So if you're going to get first-round picks in return for OG Ananobi, you've already got to make up one. Mm-hmm. So the net out of all this, let's say he goes for two first-round picks and a prospect. That's half the Donovan Mitchell. The surplus for OG Ananobi is one first-round pick, a prospect, and Jakob Pertl. Do you feel like you're a better team now in the future if that's the net result of everything that just happened? And that first-round pick you get back in return probably is going to be one that is mm. less valuable than the one you gave up for Jakob Pertl. Funny, um, I'm trying to find this tweet that I saw about um, Nick Nurse talking about Jakob Pertl yesterday. It's like it's like somebody knew that he was going to get traded and asked Nick Nurse like in the pregame scrum about Jakob Pertl. And he was just like, oh, he's amazing. I love the guy. Did you say that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm going to find it somewhere. Sorry. But um, just because the whole Jakob Pertl thing is just funny to me. Um, here it is. We loved him when he was here. He's just a really good, smart, tough, hardworking player. He does a lot of the things. He's a screener, rebounder, rim protector, pretty smart on D. Not necessarily a shot blocker, but body up rim protector kind of guy. And like you said, his passing's really improved. It's pretty good on the list of big guy things to do. So if you can rebound, protect the rim, pass the ball, set up a few screens, handle it, get to the rim, finish a bit. Yep, we really liked him a lot while he was here. He did send one really nice pass. In that game. That got me excited for about a half second. You just think of that when you go to bed tonight. Yeah. And the Raptors haven't done anything else, Justin. Um, Okay. I want to play two clips. Papers are all messed up. Um, Woj on Kevin Durant deal, because this is still going to be the hot topic. Sorry to Jakob Pertl. Um, We got Woj last night on the KD deal. Let's play that now. Nope. Just kidding. We're going to play Kyrie first. Talking about KD when he was on the podium last night right after he got, what, 24 points in this debut. I'm just praying for his happiness and praying for his well-being. Uh, we had a lot of conversations throughout the year of, um, you know, what our futures were going to look like. There was still a level of uncertainty. 
but we just cared about seeing each other be places that uh, we can thrive. And whether that be together or whether that be apart, there's never been one moment where I felt like um, he's been angry at me for decisions I've made or I've been angry at him. Um, we've just tried to understand each other a lot better and um, grow as human beings, grow as brothers. Um, you know, his business changes so quickly. Um, he's getting a little bit older. I'm getting a little bit older. I just love the competition now that we can be in the same conference, and, and I welcome all that. You know, get to see him a little bit more, probably playing against Phoenix a lot more, and um, that's what I'm looking forward to. Everything else in, in between, I, I just am glad that uh, he got out of there. <laughs> that's like a tough situation to be in in Brooklyn. God, God praying for his happiness. Get yeah. him out. We need to see Sim- that series. Has anybody Dallas heard Phoenix from needs to happen. Ben Simmons? Get a mic in front of that guy. Yeah. I um, mean, Ben Simmons just doesn't want to play basketball, though. So, like, does it really did. matter? He's he probably doesn't even realize what happened. No, he's... Wait, no what? Idea. Someone got traded? He just woke up and he's like, oh, cool. Okay, we're going to play the Woj clip now. Once the Kyrie Irving trade happened, and this was a team uh, that Kevin Durant was ready to move on from, his eyes had been on Phoenix since his trade request last summer. And I think for Brooklyn to get the kind of return they got on Kevin Durant tonight, and I think knowing that it was there was an inevitability to yeah. this, that if it wasn't now, it would probably be after the season. And I think for the Nets, for Durant, I think the timing was right again for Phoenix. You know, just a, a chance now to really make a run at a title, especially with Chris Paul certainly at a point in his career where you don't know how much time you have left of him playing at perhaps championship-level basketball. So there's KD being like, I want to go to this team. Yeah. Let's make it happen. Here's another new super team in the NBA. I think it's evidence that as much as you mess up, which the Brooklyn Nets have, let's be honest, like this has been a complete catastrophe, you can still survive it. Russell Westbrook signed a max yeah, deal. Yeah, I wanted to move to that Has too. got traded every single year of that deal. <laughs> Like, if you sign a bad contract, if you make a grievous error, you can survive it. Brooklyn is better today, like, in terms of long-term outlook, even short-term outlook, honestly. Because did anyone really expect that to work? At least they can adjust their expectations appropriately. But Brooklyn survives this. Brooklyn survives the Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, Steve Nash era because they can now spin it forward after trading those two assets and understand they have one of the best futures collections league-wide and some pretty darn good players to play for them right now. Oh, Russell Westbrook. What a guy. Poor guy. I kind of feel, why do do feel, I feel bad. I don't for know him? why I feel bad for him, but I do. I mean, he's been a punching bag for the last half decade. I think he's doing fine. And he's making, you know, $44 million a year. I have a lot of space for that. feeling bad for Russell but Westbrook. But, like, I know, we're all, we're all humans. Um, okay, a couple more things here. So Raptors last night, they big win. <laughs> big win. It, it's like did th- th- it matter watching that game? I'm like, hey, just get through the game and like let's get the content here. Um, let's find out what's happening next. Um, obviously, post game, a lot of eyes on what Fred does. To who does he hug? Where is he walking? You know, it's like the sky cam on Fred. Um, he's asked post game about the deadline and if he would be. Surprise if he's still a Raptor after the deadline. We do have that clip. 
would you be surprised if you weren't here on Friday? Uh, I'm not really going to comment on too much of that. You know what I mean? I just try to come to work every day. I haven't had any of those conversations thus far. Um, obviously, you know, my name's been buzzing around, so I'm sure they're listening when the calls are coming in as, you know, they're a great uh, front office. And um, Asai and Bobby, those guys have uh, earned the trust and respect and um, certainly have my trust and respect. And, you know, whatever happens, happens. So uh, I'm just focused on trying to get this team as many wins as possible. And tonight was a good night for us. I got practice tomorrow, so focus on that. I mean, what else are you supposed to say, but still? I'd be shocked if he goes. At this point? I feel like uh, giving Fred what he wants is what's in the future for the Toronto Raptors. If I'm, I don't know if that's a pessimistic glass half full, glass half empty. It feels like they can't afford to lose him now. What would that leave him? Leave what? them with? It would be uh, Malachi Flynn era. Unless a brilliant point guard is coming back in return for OG Ananobi. Could be. Or Fred. It doesn't make any sense. So we're going to have lots of special deadline day coverage on Sportsnet 590. The fan full slate of Raptors and NBA coverage on our station. Will Lou and Alex Wong will bring you an extended version of the Raptors show from 2 to 4 p.m. today. Then Blake Murphy, Ben Ennis will take over for a three-hour edition of the fan drive Welcome time. Welcome to the three-hour club, boys. Smith and Jones will then take over the airways from 7 to 8 p.m. And then Sportsnet tonight from 8 to 10 p.m. We are going to be joined by... None other than Blake Murphy at 7 a.m. I think he was tweeting about three, two hours ago. So I don't know if he's just. Oh, he'll be fired up. Owl hours here, nocturnal. But he's going to join us at 7. We're going to have Aaron Rose, Raptors reporter from Sports Illustrated here in studio at 8 a.m. Buddy. Wow. Coming on in. We clean out your, the sleep from your eyes, Justin. We got company. Yeah, we got to clean ourselves up here with Aaron Rose coming in. And then we got Cabby in studio at 8.30 to do a Super Bowl preview with him. Uh, we're going to do a best Super Bowl party food draft. So you can send that in. You know, Sunday's coming around. Still not plans, by the way. Speaking of cutting the grass, the Super Bowl has taken a serious backseat here this week in the NBA. Honestly. Tough timing to have the Super Bowl. Like we, we talked about it on Monday. Well, this week's, you know, deadline, of course. But Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl every day. We've kind of had to punt it because it's been so lively. Nice and so newsworthy. Thank you. In the association. So, yeah, the Super Bowl is on Sunday. And we'll definitely have lots of time, maybe tomorrow, depending on what happens with the trade deadline. But today we're going to talk to Cabby at 830. We're going to do... A little preview for that. We have Matt Castle, who we teed up yesterday, joining us at 7.30. Tomorrow, we'll obviously have our buddy. Is it the last time we talked to Charles? I don't know. You tell me. Oh, my God. Do we get him the week after? Daniele. I mean, no, prob- he's shaking his head. We it's don't over. get him. This is it. Oh, my God. For what, eight months? I'm devastated. Seven months, maybe? We'll just FaceTime him one day for fun. Um, we've got Charles Davis tomorrow, but we'll have a, Rapta, a Raptors wrap-up, an NBA deadline wrap-up, and a preview to the Super Bowl on Sunday. But while we're at it, we're doing a draft on Super Bowl party foods that you love, that you must have on Sunday with Cabby. So you can send in your thoughts at 59590. Maybe that helps with our draft. I will say, I was too quick to say that we've overlooked the Super Bowl because our First annual fan morning show. That's right. Super Bowl prop sheet is live. Okay. The so. competition is live as we speak. Uh, you can fill out the form. Mm-hmm. You can find it on either of our social medias. Uh, the fan morning show's first annual Super Bowl prop sheet is live, and there's already a ton of people who have filled it out in advance it's awesome. of noon on Sunday. So there's noon 60, is very important, yes, by the way. Yes, it is noon. I will not accept any submissions after noon. 
No. Well, Google won't. So Sunday <laughs> at 12 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, the survey will close. You can find that on, as Justin said, either of our socials. There's 60 prop questions for you to go through. It might take a little bit of time, but it's worth it. So far, we have over 75 submissions in one day. Mm-hmm. Some, some celebrities in there as well. Some celebrities. The second person, because I can see people's names, so. I might have been pondering to see what the listeners are thinking. I'm going to be taking a look. Frank Saravelli, second guy to fill it out. Buddy is fired up. He's right a Philly guy. I'm sure he picked Philly. And you got some stats, right? I can take a look and see like what the percentages no, are. I don't, I don't know if you I should don't be able to do to. that. No, no, you no. can't do that with mine. But, but you know no. that 50% or 52% of, like the, that. of the... It's pretty split right now. Of the Yeah, it's, I mean, it's right down the middle, which mm-hmm. reflects the line. But a little a slight edge, people are on Philly over Kansas City with our own little collection of data. That we're accruing as it's we very speak. fun. So play along, take a look, make sure you get it in by Sunday. I know it took me two extra days to make it. Well, too bad. Okay. It was a lot of work. Thanks. Um, let's quickly talk on, on the Super Bowl a bit here. We haven't given it as much coverage this week for obvious reasons, but it is the Mahomes versus Hertz. And it is the Andy Reid Bowl at the same time, and it is the Kelsey Bowl at the same time. There are major storylines going into this other than the fact that it is Super Bowl and Rihanna's performing yep. with maybe some guests that we don't know of at this point. But when pondering all this and looking ahead, we've discussed or we will discuss who has the most to gain and lose in this weekend's Super Bowl. For me, this was the easiest question you've asked me ever in my life. Is it? Jalen Hurts has the most to win. I completely disagree. Wow. I love when that happens. Tell me why. Jalen Hurts is coming into this weekend with a lot to win because he has always been cast astray. Alabama, we're going to put Tua in instead. Everyone's been doubting him since college. He's in his third year now in the NFL. If he wins a Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes, who is... Now being put in the conversation of the next Tom Brady. Tom mm-hmm. Brady retires this week, last week, and it's already it's Patrick Mahomes' league now, and it has been. If Jalen Hurts can beat Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, who we have just talked about maybe being a modern-day dynasty at this point, this solidifies who Jalen Hurts was supposed to be and can be. He's had questions out of the draft that he shouldn't even be a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the conversation all year long that the Eagles have coasted their way into the Super Bowl. They don't deserve to be there. Jalen Hurts and co. have it easy. There's no doubt in my mind that if the Eagles win the Super Bowl on Sunday, it's because Jalen Hurts had to do something in the big moment and prove himself. To me, that is everything to win for him on Sunday. If Jalen Hurts wins the Super Bowl this weekend, he's a Super Bowl champion. That's a lot to gain. That's great. However, if Philly wins the Super Bowl, it's not going to be because of Jalen Hurts. I don't think. You don't think there's a moment he has to put that team on his back on Sunday? Sure, he will, but there are going to be about 50 moments where Patrick Mahomes has to do that. And that's why it's Patrick Mahomes. Because Patrick Mahomes has to be the guy. And if he is the guy, he continues on the path to chasing down the legends of this game. You said it. He's the best player in the NFL right now. He's chasing Tom Brady. If he pulls down another checkpoint, if he wins another Super Bowl and another Super Bowl MVP, and this is his second of three, four, five, six, seven, maybe. Okay. Then it means a lot more to him. It means legacy for Patrick Mahomes. It means 
hey, you can win with Jalen Hurts for Jalen Hurts. And that's why it's Patrick Mahomes. On the flip side, that's why Patrick Mahomes has the most to lose. If he goes into Sunday and loses, he's got a losing record in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He's the worst. He's if you good, have, sorry, if he you have more to, to lose, then you have more to gain as well. Well, this is why the question is, you can take it either way. But if he loses to a worse quarterback, he lost to Burrow last year. He's now got a losing record in the Super Bowl. Is he not the Tom Brady gene that we thought? We just compared them all last week. He's got the most to lose in this Super Bowl for me. Yeah, I guess that's. I mean, if I'm going to say he's got the most to win or most to gain, he's got the most to lose as well. But I don't. I don't, think I don't Jalen deny Hurts that has at all. the most to lose. I think he's. I don't at all. I think. I think Jalen Hurts is not an innocent bystander, but he's not. He's the storyline does not go through him. The storyline is Patrick Mahomes. Is is it is it Patrick Mahomes who can lift a inferior team to a Super Bowl? Or does he not have that power? Does he not have... Kansas City Chiefs are not an inferior team. Compared to the Philadelphia Eagles, if you go positionally, if you put both quarterbacks on the same team, Philly beats Kansas City every single time. But inferior makes it sound like they suck. No, it's just inferior compared to one. So would you rather have a team coming to Super Bowl with the better quarterback but the inferior team? Well, that's the question we're going to... That's the question that gets answered on Super Bowl The better team with the inferior quarterback. I think that's... that You're changing the question now. No, but I'm asking you, though. Sorry, ask again? Would you rather come into the Super Bowl with the better team with the inferior quarterback or the better quarterback in the inferior team? I think I want the better team, to be honest. So you want to be in Jalen Hurts' position? Well, if I if I had to choose positions between Hurts and Holmes, yes. Yes, because he's got a better team. He's got better weapons. He's got more of a safety net. Every mistake Patrick Mahomes makes could be detrimental. That fumble, the one human moment that we saw from him against uh, Cincinnati, mm-hmm. almost cost them. And his teammates did step up for him 100% because he was frankly pretty bad in that fourth quarter. And they couldn't do anything offensively in that fourth quarter. But if he does, if he manages enough, the context of what we saw in the AFC Championship game against this Philly team, we're talking about an all-time performance, I, I suspect. To beat Philly, Mahomes is going to have to be legendary. And if he's legendary... Mahomes is writing a chapter and a story that Jalen Hurts will never be able to match. I looked at this, Patrick Mahomes, this is legacy defining. And for Jalen Hurts, this is legacy writing. It is a start to his story. And for Patrick Mahomes, it is like, this is, we're really putting this in bold. You know, like this Mm -hmm. is really who you are. You're him, as the kids are saying. Mm -hmm. But Jalen Hurts, like he has the opportunity to really be confirming who people thought he was. And he hasn't had that. He hasn't come up big in those moments yet. And that's why I think it's more valuable for Mahomes because the second chapter is more valuable than the first. It's twice as good. If you're writing a story, the first words are only, you still have a long way to go. But you can't write the second story without the first part of the story, Justin. Well, that's true. I mean, this is a great question because at least we're going to the Super Bowl with some Something to win, something to lose in terms of individual storylines. Coaches both have something to win, something to lose in terms of their legacies. Definitely. Andy Reid, if if he wins the Super Bowl, I mean, I don't know how much it changes if he wins. I think if he loses, there's more like, okay, is Andy Reid able to lead a team that isn't just Patrick Mahomes? You know what I mean? Like, it's if Patty Mahomes loses uh, I, this game, I, I is it Andy, on Andy Reid? I think Reid? Andy Reid's pretty safe. Okay, so Andy is it Reid's more for safe. Nick, your buddy, Mean Mug and Nick? 
I don't think Sirianni's a big of I don't I don't know if the coaching is really that important. I mean it is, but I don't know if it's like focal, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the if it's the be all end all. I really think this is sort of a referendum on team construction and whether or not you need a quarterback that earns far less than a superstar quarterback to win. Because if you look at these rosters, the Eagles have luxury items at every corner, at every turn, two dominant corners, a pass rush that was historically good this year. They went out and get a number one receiver in A.J. Brown. They got three running backs you can have some level of confidence in. They have players everywhere. And on the flip side, Patrick Mahomes had to say bye-bye to Tyreek Hill because he made too much money, Mm -hmm. and he's had to make it work with guys like Jarek McKinnon, Juju Smith-Schuster. The only one he could keep was Travis Kelsey. It's kind of a decision on what what the best way to to build a, a roster is, whether it's with that superstar legacy quarterback who can make it work with anyone or with a guy like Hertz who can game manage and let you be dominant otherwise. We do have some news that'll come out tonight. Uh, Thursday night is the annual NFL Honors Awards show. Both of these guys, Hertz oh, and yeah. Mahomes. Let's, let's replenish the accounts a little bit. Here okay, here tonight. we go. Hertz and Mahomes are finalists for this year's NFL MVP award. The winner will be announced tonight. Here are the finalists Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Jefferson. Right. All five of them. Could be winners tonight. Maybe we'll tee that up in the wake and rake, but that is a part of the Super Bowl week mm-hmm. of fun. We'll have that for you tomorrow morning, but send your wake and wake picks in for today. Maybe that's just, will the Raptors do something? <laughs> two two for three, I think. Actually, no, I didn't check the Tatum line. Um, well, But Freddie let me down last yeah, night. Yeah, he did. Pascal went off away. Holy. I know. I mean, you can't You can't, <laughs> you can't tell predict. What, you know you can't what? Whatever. The Raptors. Sports. I mean, Fred had a lot of shots. He just didn't have a good shooting night. Heard that before. Okay, Blake Murphy joins us at 7, Matt Castle, 7.30. Aaron Rose in studio at 8 with Cabby Richards at 8.30 to wrap it all up. We're going to take a break and do the A-list on the other side on the Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Now, it's time for hey, yo. the A-list. Bing bong. Bing bong. Bing bong. What's up, baby? Right, Justin, how dedicated are you to this show and the success of this show? I'm all in. Are you as all in as Terry Bradshaw is for his team and his ratings and his listener I fanship? would suspect I am. Well, <laughs> after you hear this clip, you not, might not want to be. So Terry Bradshaw has been... Interviewed down at the Super Bowl talking about his career and Fox. And he's asked about, you know, what could be next for him and this role. And this is how dedicated he is. And and you said you're just as dedicated, so you have to hold yourself to this level. I told Fox, if, if I could just die on the show... <laughs> Think about the ratings, right? I mean, we're all about, are we not about ratings? No, that'd be huge. Not only that, it'd be a huge carryover. Then all the networks would be saying, Ratcho Dodd on the Fox NFL front. Can you imagine the huge stuff? And maybe I get a statue out front. You know, I don't have a statue yet. How old is Terry? 75. He said that, you know, if I could just die on the show, think about the ratings. Like, 
he's willing to take that one for the team. I don't know. I'm uh, dealing with said, a little bit of a sickness today. Just, Maybe I will die on the show. How how committed are you? You said just as much as Terry Bradshaw, so hold yourself accountable. Uh, one last one here. Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. He's got a lot of money, as we know. <laughs> yeah. Um, he really loves the Eagles. He does. A huge Eagles fan. So much so that uh, to celebrate the Eagles making it to the Super Bowl, he bought something a little bit eccentric, $16.5 million worth. Ooh. And what he bought was an eagle. Really? A living, breathing... One eagle cost eagle. him $16.5 million? I don't know where and how you purchase an eagle but kevin hart purchased one and it is worth 16 and a half million dollars what we we need to like we need, we is need it to... the last eagle on earth why is yeah, it that much money what is happening it must be a purebred i know about buying dogs now it is not cheap but it's not 16 and a half million dollars to get the cream of the crop i mean this must be the pick of the litter if there are litters of eagles which there are not that's a lot of money for that an eagle. Is an and what are you doing with it? I don't know. And I'm trying to figure out like what he wants to do with this eagle. Is he going to keep it? Is it just for kicks? Like, like you're not caging an eagle, are you? Are, is he going to be one of those people that has like that that leather sleeve and they like train oh, you have the to eagle? Be. It would be pretty badass actually if you to have owned an eagle? property and the eagle just like was on your property at all times. He was your eagle, and he was, like, trained enough where he wouldn't leave, but he would... Like, he goes out for his day, and he's like, see you later, Kevin. He oversees your property. Comes back. If you had the type of money Kevin Hart has, that's a decent investment, Oh, he's definitely got some land. But I feel like this eagle is not going to do what he wants it to do. I think an eagle probably probably takes a lot of training. And (laughs) be unhappy with his confinement. I don't know. I'm not, like, a big bird person. Like, I've never really... I had a friend growing it's, it's up that sad. had birds yeah, in, in birds indoors in a cage is sad. I had a friend growing up that had one of those like little what is a parakeet little beep 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 thing, yeah. and it first of all it stunk. Like yeah, it I just could, it's, I can see that. it just kind of like sits there too. Like it doesn't fly around. It's a sad life. At least when you have a life. dog, it can go out and run around the park, and you can throw a ball to it. But she's not letting her bird around the house. It just sits in a cage and you can't afford to chirps. At least with this eagle that's almost $17 million, he can let it fly into the wilderness. But, but why wouldn't the eagle the strangest leave? purchase I've heard from a celebrity in a long time. $16.5 million just flapping away. <laughs> and yeah, you lose it and you're like, oh, well, okay, it's down the drain. <laughs> <laughs> that one went and floated away. Um, all right, we have Blake Murphy joining us on the other side of the break. And as we mentioned, it's going to be a full day of coverage for NBA trade deadline today including Blake and Ben having a three-hour edition of the Fan Drive Time this afternoon. Will Lou and Alex Wong, two to four today on the Raptors show, and then Smith and Jones this evening. We'll get Blake's early thoughts, maybe late thoughts, not sure if he slept or not, on the KD trade and big old Jakob Pertle sticking around Scotiabank Arena. what ails the Toronto That's Raptors. That's it. We're done. That's next on the Fan Morning Show.